That's a three-ring circus today, folks. But it's all good, right? Today, we're reading the gospel that is for Ascension Sunday. Now, a lot of people don't understand what Ascension is. Jesus was with the disciples for his ministry. He was present through his death and resurrection in many different ways, in many different forms. He comes back, as Pastor Donna said in the intro to, her bapti- uh, to the uh, communion time, he comes back on the road to Emmaus. So the last couple of chapters of Luke are highly packed with activities. Luke 22, there's the plot to kill Jesus. You've got the Last Supper. You've got the prayer in the garden. Then you move to chapter 23. You have his trial, his sentencing, the death of Jesus, and the burial. And then you get to chapter 24. You have his resurrection. Then you have the walk to Emmaus, and then Jesus with his disciples. This is that moment that they have recognized who he was in the walk to Emmaus, and he's teaching and talking with them for a while. We don't know exactly how much time there was between those two things. It could have been spontaneous, but it's very like, unlikely. It's typically thought of that it was some time later. And so today we read the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. And then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany. And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. Let us pray. Holy God, bless the hearing and the reading of this year's so holy a word. But gracious God, especially bless its doing. Amen. I was on a bus. It was a school bus with a bunch of kindergartners and first graders. We were leaving Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey Elementary School, and we were heading towards the Bronx to go to the Bronx Zoo. We got on the bus. There's all these boys and girls, and there's some of us parents who have uh, been voluntold to do this, right? Voluntold to do this, and some that had actually volunteered. We were on the bus, and we were excited and anticipating a great day at the zoo with children who are five and six years old. The first time we heard someone yell out, are we there yet? I thought this is the beginning of the end of the world. (laughs) Because that is a phrase we're going to hear a number of times over the next drive. And not knowing how long it would drive, because we didn't have GPSs back there on our phones that could tell us where the traffic was and how we were going to get held up. It was just, we're on the bus till we get there, right? Tenth time, are we there yet? No, 
will stop, be stopped for a while, the door will open and we'll say, hey, let's get out. Until that happens, we ain't there yet. On time 51, that one of the kids from the back said, are we there yet? I turned around and I said, every one of you bought, uh, brought money for ice cream, right? Yeah! If you ask that question one more time, there will be no ice cream today. They sat back like the word of God had been pronounced. And I said, let's do something to keep ourselves busy. What animals are you excited to see? So they started calling out giraffes, hippos, you know, uh, alligators, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, all right, we're going to make a list. We're going to make a list of all the animals that you think you'll see and you are excited to see. But you can't repeat any of them. So you have to work as a team. You can't repeat one. If you repeat one, it doesn't count. The other one will be marked off too. We got to get as many uh, uh, animals as you can. Now I'm making that game up on the fly, so uh, don't worry about it. It, it, We do it, all right? So they start doing this. Like 25, 30 minutes have gone by, and they're like, "Oh no, you can't say that word." All right, now this is the kind of species it was. So let's see that. Well, we won't see dinosaurs, but we can say it because she didn't say that they all had to be seen there. She said animals you want to see there. So Triceratops. Tyrannus, Tyrannosaurus, we got all of these. And we did not run out of words, of animals. We were about 20, 25 miles away, uh, minutes away, and they did this great list. And we got there, and I turned around and I said, you did it. Yay! We all get out, and we've got these, what the teacher's calling our pods to take care of. So we, I had a pod of six five-year-old boys. And these six boys, I'm taking around the entire Bronx Zoo for the entire day. We could join up with other groups, but the pods had to make sure that if you got together, that you stayed together, and that if you separated, you had the right people in your pods. So there was a lot of logistics going into all this stuff, right? And so we're going around, we're doing all kinds of fun stuff. We get about, I don't know, it was about three o'clock in the afternoon, And I said, hey guys, there's an ice cream stand. And I'm ready for them to say, yay, and run to the ice cream stand. But they don't do it. They just sort of stand there for a minute. And they're looking at the ice cream, and they're looking at me, and they're looking at the ice cream, and they're looking at me. And I'm like, guys, you you got the ice cream back. Are you sure? Yes. And they ran up and started inundating the sales clerk with what kind of ice cream they wanted. But you see, for that moment, their joy had been taken from them. Because the thing that was threatened on, uh, uh, to, uh, to them on the bus ride was you're not going to get ice cream. I don't think that group, that little pod, had heard clearly enough that they got their ice cream back. It's why they stood there knowing that ice cream is what they want, but they're not sure that they get it, that it's just slightly out of their grasp. It feels like the disciples were probably living this way during this time period. Jesus had been a part of their life. Then there had been this crushing couple of days when he died. Whether they were there in person, in physical person, or they were hearing the stories of others, they witnessed that death and resurrection of Jesus, the death and burial of Jesus. And they envisioned and saw the resurrection 
And Jesus is gone from their midst. He had told them repeatedly. He even tells them at the beginning of this passage, I, I had to fulfill the scriptures. I was dead, buried, and I came back to life for your forgiveness and repentance. He promises that all along. He does it. And then he reminds them in this passage, hey, you guys don't get it. This is what just happened. And they're like, wow, Jesus is back. He's fed us. He's teaching with us. This is fabulous. Look, he's even blessing us. And then he's gone. There had to be a moment where they went, this is not fair. We just got him back. This is not fair. This has been a brutal couple of days. This has been awful. We feel crushed. We feel defeated. We feel like we've lost everything. He comes back, and then again he gets snapped away from us. Their joy is beyond their grasp. This last weekend, Cindy and I were lucky enough to get to go to New York City and to see a couple of Broadway shows. We have friends who live in New York, so we crash on their house. We don't pay for housing. We pay as little as we can for, uh, for food because what we go to New York for is to see Broadway shows. And I have a lot of connections. I have a lot of agencies and groups that I buy tickets from, and I get them really cheap. So we saw Friday night My Fair Lady at Lincoln Center. Absolutely phenomenal. Just loved it. Saturday afternoon, we saw Nathan Lane and Gary, which is a, a, a farce and a a really rough comedy, but we enjoyed it. Sunday night, we went to see The Prom, which is one of the most joyous and fun-loving things I've ever seen. If you get a chance, go see The Prom. We come back on Monday, and we're going, do we actually need to tell people what we're doing the next two nights? Because that's probably not fair. You see, we were part of the Broadway series here in Philadelphia, and our tickets were Tuesday night to go see The Book of Mormon. And then it got really weird because in January, before we even planned Memorial Day weekend, some friends and us had made plans to go see Dear Evan Hansen. So we had six days and five shows. Now, I was exhausted. My knee was mad at me for sitting that much. But joy filled my heart because we had done something that was joyous, that was fun. And I was riding that wave throughout the week, right? I mean, uh, I was on a high. Things were going great. I had all my, all my papers graded. I, I had two classes already uploaded. Things were going well. Friday, uh, Thursday afternoon, I get a message from the office that our office flooded again. Um, our office has flooded a number of times. Property people, be ready. Um, and it's flooded twice in the last five months uh, because we need a retaining wall back there or something. So Donna was here. I let her take care of it on Thursday. I came in on Friday to see how things were going. And, you know, they have it taken care of. Our new property manager was doing a fabulous job getting stuff taken care of. Uh, last time we had to hire folks to come in and take care of it. This time we had the resources to take care of it ourselves very much less expensive. And I'm thinking, all right, got that taken care of, I'm going out, it'll be fun. So we go out that night to dinner, and we're coming out of the restaurant, and Cindy says, there's an alert on the phone. And I look down, and 12 people have been killed and others injured in another mass shooting. It wasn't until the next day we learned who they were. Ryan Keith Cox, Tara Welsh Gallagher, 
Mary Louise Gale, Alexander Mikhail Gusav, Joshua O. Hardy, Michelle Missy Langer, Richard H. Nettleton, Catherine A. Nixon, Christopher Kelly Rapp, Herbert Burt Snelling, Laquita C. Brown, and Robert Bobby Williams. And in that moment, it felt like someone had gotten hold of the carpet that I was standing on, rolled it up, and yanked it out from under, right? There are times in our life that it just feels like someone has yanked that carpet right out from under us. They have snatched the joy from our lives. And it happens when we lose a spouse. It happens when we have a miscarriage. It happens when we have a, an accident and are injured. It happens when a loved one is diagnosed with a disease that we would rather not deal with right now. It happens when a, a, a loved one has a heart attack and all of a sudden everything you thought was going to happen needs to change direction. It happens when our children are bullied. It happens when our children come out, not because it's a tragedy, but because it's something we have to deal with and come to grips with. It happens when we lose our job. It happens so many times, and we can see it. The joy is right there. Maybe we're even experiencing it, and then all of a sudden, wham, it's pulled out from under us, and we just want to go, what now? Why? Why can't we go one week without gun violence? It's 150 this year alone, mass gun violence events. Since Columbine, there have been so many, they can't even count them. They can't keep up with them because a mass shooting is three or more people getting shot. Since Parkland, more people have died in this country from mass shootings than soldiers have died in active duty. You see, I believe that God loves us so much. JP, God loves you so much. Yeah. <laughs> that God wants joy for us. God says to each and every one of us, I love you so much. I'm here for you no matter what is going on in your life. I'm right there. I'm right there. I haven't left you. I'm in the doctor's office when you get the diagnosis. I am with you getting chemo dripped into your Veins, I'm with you in the delivery room. I'm with you at the funeral of a loved one. I'm with you trying to caress and take care for a child who was treated badly at school. I am there for you. There is still joy in the morning. Yes, darkness comes, but joy comes in the morning. Nobody ever said you're not going to have bad stuff happen to you. Nobody ever promised that to us. Bad things will happen. They will happen to bad people, they will happen to good people, and they will happen to apathetic people. But joy comes in the morning. You see, even in those moments when that rug gets snapped underneath you, there are things that still give you joy. Your family, your faith, your friends, your loved one, your vocation. There are lots of things that give us joy. That field trip to the Bronx reminded me of something, and it's stuck with me ever since. That when someone has a light in their eyes and they are excited about something, don't take it away from them. 
help them celebrate it. If it's something bad for them, okay, deal with it. But don't snatch joy from the grasp of folks who need it so desperately. I love that children are in this space every single week playing instruments, that people are up dancing and singing, that people feel the joy. But I'm telling you right now, there are people sitting in this room right now who don't feel joy because of what's going on in our country, because of gun violence, because of division and, uh, and, and uh, you know, apathy and, and because of anger and all this stuff that's going on. And I don't have an answer for it, but I do have a way forward. The way forward is to love each other. Right? The way forward is to love each other. To love each other when we're good and to love our, to each other when we're bad. The way forward is to love each other enough to work to move our nation away from a climate and culture of guns that says that we as a people deserve to be treated better. We deserve to be able to send our kids to school our adult siblings and loved ones to work, our families to the park, to the movie theater, and not risk our lives to do it. You see, this is joy, right? <laughs> this is joy. If this doesn't make you feel joy, I don't know what will, right? Can you give me five? Huh? JP? All right. <laughs> That was joy for this long, but I got it. I got joy for just a little bit. Folks, what gives you joy? Dive into that. Dig into that. Do the things that give you joy. And when bad times come, know that joy is still right there. It's not out of your grasp. It's right there. Because God is with you and God loves you. God made promises to you. And we made promises to all of you to love one another anyway. May we live in a world where love reigns, where joy comes in the morning, and we celebrate that with all of who we are. Amen. <laughs>